Hello and welcome to that film studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Black Widow. Directed by Kate Shortland, Black Widow is the superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring the character of the same name. This is the 24th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie is out now in cinemas and on Disney Plus Premium Access. But if you haven't watched Black Widow yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Finally. This movie was supposed to be out in, get this, May of 2020. That's over a year ago. Um, But due to the COVID pandemic, uh, was delayed several times, as we know. Um, But here we are, over a year later, finally got it, Black Widow. Luke, you have the plot. Natasha Romanoff, also known as Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Wait, that's not even the thing. Anyway, um, all right. It's let's get this out of the way. It's it's been a while. Two it's years. Been, it's been, it's been two, two years. years. Such it's a long a, time. A Marvel Cinematic Universe film. What was it? It was was it June or was it? It was early. It might have been early July that we got Spider Man. Wow, is that when it was? Far from, from home. home. Yeah, that was the last MCU film. Luckily, we've had a few. MCU TV series, uh, you know, on Disney Plus, did highest level, but that's only been, you know, really in the end of last year and and this year, pretty much. We still had a bit of a dry spell, but I've got to say, it's it was good just to go back to a cinema, see an MCU movie, see that Marvel Studios glorious oh, so logo play. It was a it was a good feeling, but. I didn't let that overwhelming joy uh, dilute my viewing experience and then, you know, uh, give me sort of glossy eyes as I watch this. I um, I think I I was... <laughs> okay, I, I was just allowing the, the movie and the experience to wash over me and I've got to admit that for the most part... You were the was, complete opposite. I was swept up. <laughs> But something happens, and we will get to it, and it brought me back down to reality. But we'll get to that later. Something in the movie, I'm like, oh, okay. okay. I'm not just giving this movie a pass because I'm so happy to see MCU back on the big screen. But can I, can I ask, did you get that trailer, the Stan Lee one, where he's doing the narration? You know, we talked about it on the movie show before, where Stan Lee's like, look to your left. That guy over there, he's your brother. Yeah. Did you get that? Like, was I feeling that no, in, no. The, in the cinema? Was that trailer on at the cinema? Oh, no. Oh, no. mate. It played before Black Widow for me, and it was incredible. Oh, that would have that would have done. Something. Honestly, I've seen yeah. that trailer on my phone. I've seen it on my TV. I've seen it so many times. And again, we've talked about it on the show. But just seeing it in a cinema with people around me, and then that bit in the trailer, and it shows the scene from... Avengers Endgame from like the you know the midnight screening and everyone cheers when Cap says Avengers Assemble. Oh mate, it was a thrill seeing that. Yeah, in like the that cinema. Been... 
So I had that. <laughs> I feel ripped. That would have been cool really, to see. Like, I was excited <laughs> to be there anyway. And they showed that trailer. I thought, wow, this is an experience. And then, as you say, you get the Marvel logo ahead of Black Widow. So I, I was set up for a really good experience. And for the most part, that's what I got. You know, I, I feel ripped off. I feel like I wanted, I wanted, I want that. What I got was, oddly enough, I think three out of four of the trailers were all Marvel. Maybe not MCU, but you know, there was like Shang Chi, there was Eternals, there was Morbius, and it was all you know. Watching, I was like, oh wow, can't wait, can't wait to see where the MCU goes moving forward. And here we are watching Black Widow. Let's go back in time a little bit. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, okay. if it was a competition, I clearly won. Well, that's okay. That's yeah, it's fine. It's all good. Um, but look, yeah, obviously we've been waiting a while. It's yeah, it, 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 this movie was meant to be out over a year ago. Um, I want to know where where is your anticipation, and excitement been for it? You know, like were you excited initially? You know, when we found out about this movie, um, you know, a, a solo Black Widow movie. You know what? You know what we're gonna get, sort of thing. But then obviously with the delays and then waiting and waiting and more delays and did your excitement like dissipate? Did it come back? Did it just did it just get bigger and bigger because of the suspense? Okay, let, let's be honest. It's Black Widow, right? She is a, she's a, an interesting character in, in her own right. And I've always liked her as a character. But we're not talking... I would not talk in some of the bigger characters. So the idea that they were launching like, this new phase, phase four with Black Widow, didn't get me really excited at the time, but I always wanted to watch it. And then it kind of went away for a little while. We had to wait for it. So even going to watch it, I wasn't like massively excited. It was more the idea of getting the MCU back on the big screen. But I definitely wanted to see it, but I didn't... I wasn't feeling like Avengers level buzz or some of the other solo characters, but I was excited and, for it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm the same. And it's, it's, you know, it's not because of her as a character because Scarlett Johansson brings to the table as Black Widow, what, what she does with the Natasha Romanoff um, and character there. Like, she, she's a great character and, and you wouldn't want to take her out of the MCU at all. I mean, obviously, going forward. I mean, they did. but They yeah. have, they did. But, um, you know, we wouldn't want to go back and say, oh, I wish she was never there. Like, she's a great character and it is good to see a movie dedicated to her and allow her to be the star and have a story revolve around her and her inner thoughts and demons and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I think I'm there with you. Like, it's she's not necessarily a character that... I was crying out for, hey, give me a solo movie for like about her, you know, just dedicated to her. And I guess in my mind, I was always like, if they were to do it, a prequel's fine, but I would have had it be a prequel before she, you know, before we met her in, in Iron Man 2 and she joined the Avengers and all that. I would have had her, you know, the the spy days, the the shield days, or even, you know, go all the way back to the Red Room days and, and and that journey there and, you know, her time with Hawkeye in Budapest. My going into this, I was like, if they don't give me answers to what the hell Budapest was, the movie would have been a waste of time. They delivered on that to some degree. I, I have my answers. 
I kind of would have preferred to actually see it, but I guess I, I know enough of what it's about. And maybe they can revisit that in, um, in, in the future. Maybe some Hawkeye flashbacks or something, his side of it. I'm glad you know, they addressed it. Though. I just want what, to put that out there. What I realised when watching this movie, because not all characters are still alive. I mean, hey, like we'll give the spoiler warning for this movie. And if you're listening, you've seen the MCU movies. You've especially seen Avengers Endgame. Like a character like Iron Man is no longer around. And people are saying, you know, whether it's Iron Man, Steve Rogers, Captain America, or oh, it'd be great if they find a way to bring them back. And you're watching this Black Widow movie and the different time periods that they're using to tell the story. Characters can die in the MCU and we don't need magic or advanced science to somehow bring them back. You can just move to a different point in time and tell that story. I mean, if they really wanted to, but they could do another Black Widow movie and they could maybe in a you know, few years down the line, maybe maybe five years, maybe 10 years, you know, they could really wait and tell a story of young Natasha. But instead of going to Scarlett Johansson, maybe they go back to Eva Anderson, who plays young Natasha oh, in the opening of this movie. Yeah. She's going to she be older by bit. that point. And I didn't realize when watching the movie that young Natasha, like that actress, her parents are Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Djokovic. I had no mm. idea, but when you, when yeah, you IMDb when I found told me out, <laughs> well, when I found out that that's who who she was, you can see Mila Djokovic in there. But do you see what I mean, though? Like they don't need to to bring characters back. I mean, even if you you know, I rewatched Iron Man three recently, and the movie opens in nineteen ninety nine, and they have that Eiffel sixty five song blue playing. But the point yeah. being. They can just move to different (laughs) points in time and that's where they can tell their story. Yeah, I mean, it would be an expensive, um, you know, story to tell. But I mean, this this movie does name drop. We should just get this out of the way. Like, they do name drop, you know, Tony Stark uh, quite a few times, Steve Rogers. I was was starting to feel, I was like, are they going to do like a a Chris Evans cameo at the end? Yeah. I I, I um, felt like it was, they didn't. Let's just say there are no cameos in this no. movie. No. Uh, and that, I, I, that, was, I mean, that was intentional. Apparently, there the were some talks of, because where this fits, like again, that for the most part, this movie takes place in a fixed time, but then it does move around a little bit. And it would, it I would mean, far from, of, it would far have, from one flashback. But it would have fit to have had, say, Tony Stark turn up. Yeah. But you know, that I'm, I'm glad fit. that they, I'm glad they hey, didn't. It was Kevin Feige. I'm the director. They're like, no, she doesn't need the boys turning up to save the day. This needs to be her story and this new family that we're going to get introduced. And, you know, and through this family, we're going to get more, more information about her past. So they purposely didn't have cameos. But I'm with you, though. They name drop. Not just, I mean, just the Avengers. They name drop them a hell of a lot to the point where I was starting to find it a little bit distracting and it had taken me out (laughs) of it a little bit. But at the same time, though, I appreciate that characters in that world who don't necessarily associate with those, or associate with the Avengers, spending time with Natasha, who is an Avenger, 
it does make sense that they would talk about the Avengers. But as an oh, audience so yeah, member, it's, it's not, yeah. it, it was a lot. Like they mentioned they, they just, a hell of a lot. But in the, in the world of the MCU, they're like some of the biggest personalities on the planet. So it kind of, it does fit <laughs> that characters would be talking about them, but at the same time, it, it was a lot. Yeah. No, but it is good that they, they, allowed, they allowed this to be Black Widow's movie. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of new characters. There's enough to fill, to fill the cast out, but um, they, they allow it to be her movie and the focus is on her. And again, there's, there's different dynamics with other characters, which we'll get to, but um, yeah, it is really, truly a, a Black Widow movie. Um, so you mentioned like sort of the setting and stuff. So this is set um, almost pretty much right after Captain America's Civil War. So it's, uh, it's set post that, you know, there's um, William Hurt is back as Ross. Um, he's, he's talking about the Sokovia Accords. So obviously that's still a thing during this period of time. So this movie really is about Natasha on the, I say she's on the run, you know, after, you know, helping Steve Rogers, sort of escape and, you know, during Civil War and stuff like that. So that's her. This is set between between that and, I guess, her joining back up with, with Steve Rogers where we meet her again in um, Avengers Infinity War. So that's primarily where they're set. Like you said, there's the flashbacks at the start where we get, well, we get that sort of surrogate family that she's with for, for a period of time. And then we will talk about it later. It does eventually flash forward to, I guess, the present, I guess. Um, the only other character, I guess, to mention before we get into, I guess, like the family and all that is um, this Rick Mason character who we've never met before. This is a new character, but, you know, he's helping Natasha with supplies and, and you know, the jets, planes, all that kind of stuff. So he's a, he's a character. <laughs> yeah, and what we get from their relationship more so later on that they are friends and he makes it makes that point early on saying that people who rely on him don't necessarily have friends but you, you get that later on they are a friendship i mean when we're first introduced to his character he's in her bed in the trailer snoring i thought that was an interesting choice <laughs> do you know what i mean like normally like if it's a comedy maybe You'd have you'd have a character snoring, but that, I don't know. I guess people snore. I, mean, I think you know these people do. These MCU movies. People do, but not in, the MCU. These... not in the MCU. Not in the MCU. Give me one more point to reference. Things like <laughs> I don't know. That, that surprised me. <laughs> not a big thing, but yeah, he's an actor in this movie. He's a character. I guarantee there's a character snoring somewhere else in the MCU. Like, what are we? Twenty-four movies in. Yeah, I. Okay. I mean, hey, if you're listening to this and you know the answer, write in, let us know. But I, I don't know. I, don't... I reckon Ned in, in, in one of the Spider-Man movies snores okay. at some point. I, just have I mean, to... you I know, said, I know that I'm currently doing a full rewatch of the MCU. So you're the guy to tell us. I've got as far as Guardians of the Galaxy. No snoring yet. I'll keep you posted. Actually, I'll let Drax you know. must snore. I reckon Drax snores. He, he seems like a snorer. Maybe anyway. in volume two. You know what? They, back to this movie. Back to this movie. The tone, the tone of this movie. I mean, what would you would you agree in saying? And I'm not saying this is to the level of this movie, but tonally, Winter Soldier. It's it's kind of it's got that almost like stale tone 
very espionage um, spy thriller. Again, not to that quality no, level. Not, not but... to that quality. No, I, I get what you're saying. Aspects of it are. The, the way I describe this movie, it's so you've got the family setting. I describe it as a dramedy with action. And that action at times would resemble what we got in Winter Soldier. But just that tone, like it's a dramatic Because setting. of all the all the family stuff. Yes, but and there's so it it's like for a lot of it, it is drama. But then there's comedic elements around it. That's why, you know, dramedy comes in. But then you do have a lot of action as well. So I mean tonally, yeah, it's not a match for Winter Soldier. But I do get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's you, not in the spy this espionage. Isn't, yeah. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not it's not Spider Man Homecoming. It's you know, it's not Thor Ragnarok. It's Oh mate, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's not Ragnarok. Yeah, like, but we're getting to we're getting to spend like time with Natasha. You know, we're getting through these new characters we're introduced with, like we've had Natasha since Iron Man 2, which was the third MCU movie. But we're seeing more about who she is now in, in this movie, which does make sense. It's a solo movie. But just spending time with all these other characters and they're bringing out parts of her personality that you don't get when she's interacting with Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Yeah. I mean, the main, the first one, you know, if we want to talk about this, this surrogate family that she, she had in the past and um, we're working with here. Florence Pugh um, is her, call her her sister. Obviously, it's you know, not actually her sister, but they, you know, they spend some time. Uh, Yelena Belova, um, also, I guess, a black widow of yeah. such. Um, yeah. not, not in the way that we know. But um, yeah, we're getting, we're getting a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of conflict between the two of them because of, I guess, you know, them being estranged, the whole situation that unfolded with, you know, them, you know, well, her going back into the red room and, you know, Yelena going into it for the first time when, when they were younger. Um, and then obviously Natasha going on this journey, becoming an Avenger, becoming a superhero, saving the world multiple times. And Yelena being, you know, just a part of this Black Widow program. Well, she got left. She got left behind. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly Scarlett Johansson's movie. It's a solo Black Widow film. But I'll say this. Florence Pugh comes so close, if not at times taking the reins of this movie as being the best thing about it. I she, really, for me, is, yeah, I, is incredible. So we know the fate of Natasha. <laughs> We've seen Endgame. We've now spent time with Yelena. And I'm like, well, okay then. I think we've I'm got, all we've, right with that. We've got something. Look, I, I'm, I'm coming with baggage of like, I, I love Florence Pugh, whether it's in uh, Midsummer, even I'm going to say it, Little Women. Pretty solid movie. I've not seen <laughs> them, but I've seen Fighting with My Family. Oh, she's in that, right? Yeah, yeah, she's in that, and she is excellent in that. And there's just something, there's something about her. Like, not, I mean, in movies, yeah, she's great. But just whenever you see her in interviews and just as a person, there's just something really endearing about her as a person. It's very likable, yeah. And have you seen these these um, pictures that she puts on social media? She basically, what she does, she goes and poses with posters of her films 
and recreates <laughs> the pose. It's excellent. But she's <laughs> having fun with it. Yeah, I, I feel like I like. I feel it like there's. I feel like there's more to it. There's more to the joke yeah. now with her. I mean, one of her big things here is highlighting the fact that Natasha always poses as yes, you know, like her her superhero stance. You know, like the pose crouching on the floor with the flick hair. Flicking like your hair. Such a poser. Yeah. And then later like, on, she does it and then she shudders and shakes it off. Oh, yeah, buddy, it's right so good. And who knew that the vest that Natasha wore in Infinity War had an origin story? Incredible. Well, eagle-eyed viewers who saw screenshots of uh, like set photos and had worked it out. But um, I did, I did I'd not. I had forgotten. I had heard of that and then forgotten about it. And then during the movie, I was like, Oh yeah, you know near the end where it's. it's I didn't know it was a thing at all. So seeing it in the movie and have it but revealed, even... and just that thing where he's like, at first when she's talking about the vest, and Natasha's like, you're not impressed by it at all, and she's like, I made extra pockets, I could put things in it, and then you get that, you know, that that raw story of like, this is the first thing that I, this first item of clothing I've ever picked out for myself, and yeah, then or, Natasha or starts to pressure, soften yeah. to a little bit, and then later on she's like. You can have it. Oh, man, it is so good. I've got to say, because I've got to point this out now, when this movie started, right, past past the Marvel Studios logo, I was like, okay, cool. I'm in, I'm in. I'm watching this movie. I've got to say, I was was worried because I was was pretty bored. I was bored for a good 20, 25 minutes, whatever it was, I, I didn't timestamp. When we, when we, even, even when we first meet Yelena, you know, they have their, they have the drama and they're, you know, they're tussling in the, in the safe house in, um, in Budapest, wherever the hell they are. Um, they have that tussle. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, just feeling, I feel like I'm not seeing anything I didn't see in, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. What am I getting here on the big screen? What's different? It wasn't until it was them, they were at, uh, like the service station, the deli, whatever they were at when she was talking, she was doing the poser thing and then yeah. that scene in the car, suddenly everything changed. I was like, I'm into this. And it yeah. was, I got to say, it came down to Florence Pugh's performance, her character, just drawing me in being like, okay, cool. I'm having fun now. I'm enjoying things. And it all came from a character. She is a highlight yes. and a delight I of know. this movie. I agree. Love it. But I, so I, yeah, I agree completely, yes. So as soon as they start, stop fighting, and start interacting. And, and that's the interesting thing. Like, as soon as they started engaging in conversation and bickering, that's what, you know, again, like their relationship for me also started to click. But it's interesting that like, here we are talking about a Marvel movie, a Black Widow movie. And we're like, no, no, let's get past the action. I want them to have a conversation. And that's the thing that I'm really it's enjoying. Because I was weird, worried, isn't it? From the from like the trailers and the TV spots and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, they, they were they, they, they showed you bits of like, you know, the family dynamic is like, obviously there's a mother, mother figure, a father figure, a sister figure. And you're like, oh, okay. You're like, is that all going to come across as very corny, very cheesy? You know, like, are they going to lean too much into the, like, the emotion? And I was like, oh, okay, we just want the action. Come on. I've got to say with this and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about David Harbour and, and, you know, Rachel Wise in a sec, but just all of those elements with the family stuff, I feel like that was the best part of this movie. Not, to say the action yeah. wasn't good and stuff. I think, you're, I think you're right. I just Certain, feel like there was so yeah. much to it. Around, it just like, really works. A lot of the family scenes in, in the, whether it's the trailers or the TV spots, 
it was around them at the table and it was it was quippy it was more comedic than anything else and if that was their their whole interactions in the movie then yeah i don't think it would quite work where it's a lot when you watch the film it's a, yes, you're getting a lot more drama yeah. where they're just sort of like oh, in the like, trailer. They're going hear all the jokes. There's lots of gags. You know, they're, they're but then what's really what's what's really happening at that at that table scene is that Yelena is actually having a revelation and realizing, learning stuff about yeah. her whole understanding of this family that they've got, and just realizing that everything's been a lie. And it's like oh, well, that's happening. Like, like yeah, you know, as, she's 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 gone through so much in her life. Yet she clung on to those two years that she had in America, where she was with who she always believed all those years to have been her family. Like she, because Natasha was older, but for Yelena, yeah. she was younger, and it was real for her. So to be so all those away, fake Christmases and stuff. That yeah, like she thought fact, they were real. Let's go back to what you were saying before. So for you, it wasn't until the service station when things started to click. And you oh okay, so you was a bit bored up until that point. I'm able to engage more. Now, as you know, I've got two young girls. The opening of this movie for me was a was a nightmare. Like my stomach <laughs> was in knots. It was horrific right. to watch these kids getting put through what they were getting put through, even though we knew it weren't their real parents. Like again, for them, it felt oh, real. like the and it said so that. Yeah. So, so for me, we've got the Marvel logo. Great. This is fun. This is exciting. I love how we and keep then, going back to the Marvel logo. That's where. But then I'm like, oh no, this is like this is so tense. And we should probably talk about the opening title sequence, which we don't often get in these Marvel movies. Normally, we'll just get a title card, whereas we get an actual opening sequence, and that's how they, they yeah. show what's happening, the transition, them getting taken to the bedroom, and all. Of I've got to say. Bit, bit daunting to have like, uh, you know, even though it was a cover, like to have a what was it? It was a Nirvana, wasn't it? Was it smells like Teen Spirit? It was a cover of. I'm no, pretty sure it was. No, 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 no. It was. No, you put me on. Yeah, the spot no, I'm now. pretty sure. No, it was, was a cover it? of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it was a female vocal, very slow kind of. It felt weird having a. I guess. Again, even though it was a cover, like a, a song play <laughs> where it's been you know once moving past you know iron man and you know acdc and stuff like that it's yeah we don't really get the those we don't really get songs of course of course you know like garden galaxy that aside but really we, we don't really get that in in this type of mcu film so that was kind of that was kind of weird but we did get a montage was, of you know it was uh, different and it, it, it it's interesting as well when when they put a year on it because as soon as they, because it was 95, wasn't yeah. it? Pretty sure it was 95. And, and straight away, I'm thinking, right, okay. If this is 95, that's a young Natasha. When did Iron Man come out? That was what, 2007? Was it 2006? Like, all these things are going through. Oh, was it A? All these things are going through my mind. I think, okay, so how old would she have been when Iron Man 2 came out? <laughs> I mean, I, di- I didn't get to a conclusion. I, mean, but I was I'm thinking sure those. I was I'm thinking sure, those things. I'm sure it all works out. I'm sure it's fine. She's she's still young. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> Spider-Man: Homecoming. Let's talk. Didn't, did it? That didn't necessarily. I'm pretty sure that didn't work out. When they yeah, now that one about the that one screwed it up. York and... <laughs> yeah, that that doesn't work. Um, David Harbour. David Harbour as Alexi. 
Shostakov, <laughs> our Red Guardian. Oh, he's, he's trying on the suit. He's so he, good. Oh, he's you know, before all that, though, like, because David Harbour is a guy that has been around for a very long time. Mm. He's a character actor. He's, he's kind he's one of the act, he's an actor that if you look back at things over the years, whether it's film or TV, it was in the background somewhere. He might not have been the guy, but he was a guy in a scene. Like it was in Suicide Squad. For like a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and he'd done so many things over the years. It wasn't until Stranger Things that everyone's yeah. like, hey, who's this guy? But he's somebody that's been around for, for a long time. And I was reminded of that when the film starts. When he's got, you know, the combed hair, the glasses, he's got the shirt, the trousers. He's like, oh, that's the kind of thing that he used like to he, do. Like he just looks like a guy. Yeah. But then yeah. you cut to him in, in like the, the, well, the majority of time where the film takes place. That's who we know David Harbour to be now. He's more of a bigger personality. Like when he's like in your crazy, film, yeah. you know he's there. And wow, he's so, them, yeah. he's so good as Red Guardian. And there's a lot of things that have come out of that because he talks about going up against Captain America. And on one yeah. hand, the gag is that, you know, he's my biggest enemy. And, you know, you, you just like know he doesn't know who, who he is. So in the prison, he's talking about the time he went up against Captain America. And somebody's like, hey, that's clearly not true. Captain America was still on ice. Yeah, during that time. Rumors yeah. have circulated since the release of this movie that maybe he actually went up against Isaiah Bradley, who was Captain America in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, right. So who knows? Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, think about it. This movie was supposed to have come out ahead of the Marvel Studios TV series. That's an interesting thing to think about, like the, the fact that this was, yeah, we weren't supposed to know or have experienced anything in Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. Um, yeah, it's... it's yeah. So it's and, one and of two things that's happening. Table. Yeah. He's lying. Yeah, just because I think like more than likely stories. that is what's happening. Or he went up against Captain America who wasn't Steve Rogers. Either way, it is interesting and adds to his character. Yeah. It's cool to have, I guess, like, much like the space race, you know, we had astronauts, but we also had cosmonauts. You know, we have a Russian super soldier, and that is Red Guardian. And uh, yeah, David Harbour, I mean, he's, I mean, we talked about Florence Pugh being, you know, like a scene stealer and uh, just a, a, a bright spark in, in this movie as a character. But when David Harbour's on screen, he is stealing scenes, but in a very good way and in a very, in a sharing, caring kind of way. Like yes, he's still in scenes, but it's not, it's not detracting. Again, not detracting from Natasha in any way. Not that Florence Pugh was doing that either, but, but he, he is eating it up when he's on screen because he's such a presence. He he's really still is. Seeing and he's the comedic so good. Stuff, it's, yeah. The comedic stuff, like the, the running gag, and it never got old for me. When it comes to the plan, he's always left out. Everybody's got an earpiece. <laughs> he doesn't. But he's talking as if he does. It just, it happens a lot. Or he's having his big <laughs> like, moment with why Natasha. Did, why did I get an EP? Oh, but he's having his big moment with <laughs> Natasha. But then, of course, you find out that it's not Natasha 
at all, but it was like he was opening his soul and he was being honest for maybe the first time, but it ended up being Melina. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many good moments with with him, yeah. And he's good at the physicality. So, like, you know, when he's playing the super soldier, does it well. We've got that great gag with him fitting into the suit and we just heard from all the other characters at the dinner table, him struggling and straining in the other room. He's, <laughs> he's like really struggling to get himself in and he comes out, it still fits. But then even, you know, he's got his big beard, he's got his big belly, but still you see that Melina still has an attraction to him. So there's yeah, such like, an interesting dynamic he, there. All the characters that we've talked about so far are just so developed. And even like... it. You, you'd think you'd have, like, okay, Scarlett Johansson is our star. She's Black Widow. She's our main character. Um, you think the movie would just be like, okay, what's her relationship with Red Guardian? What's her relationship with Yelena? What's her relationship with Melina? And, that, and that's it. But it, it, there's more to it. Like, there's a relationship between, like you said, David Harbour and um, Rachel Wise's character. There's a, there's a relationship between Yelena and Red Guardian. Like, it goes in all different directions. And, and you know, there, there's the callback to, like, the American Pie song, from the, you know, the, the oh, opening scene. That was and then so when, good, yeah. Later when Yelena and, and um, uh, I just him, I'll call him Red Guardian because it's easier. When they're, you know, having that conversation in the room and he's, you know, he's trying to uh, sort of, you know, come good with her and, and she's just like, like, nah, like we're too far gone. This is like, what's happened has happened. Like we can't come back with this. And then he, he makes that breakthrough with, you know, singing that song again to her. And that's such a sweet, a really sweet tender moment and again it's a great family, moment she joins in hearts. she laughs yeah. and, and it's it's the sign of a good film isn't it where like what i'm saying is that the, the characters we've talked about they are fully realized characters and what i mean by that is like sometimes when you've got like a film like it's, it's an ensemble film because again like this is the black widow solo film but it's more than just her and we spend a lot of time with other characters. But because we're getting fully realized yeah. characters, like Red Guardian, like for a lot of it, he's the butt of the joke. But he's not a one-note character. And in a lesser film, you know, characters would be one-note, whereas he can come, and for the most part, he's getting laughs. You're laughing at him, but then he can have those moments like with the American Pie song. He can have moments where he's doing the action because there's more to him like a real person and he, yeah, they, it just it works so they well they fed us enough of the history we yeah like you know, you know i mean in a lesser film we would have we would have a lot more they would spend a lot more time trying to establish the character and, and introduce the character to us as an audience because we don't know where this one it's like it gives us enough to build that picture as we as we spend time with him, like it's not like, hey, here's this character and here's everything you need to know. But here's a bit more information. It's like we we watch it and it unfolds. We get key bits of detail and we we get to know him. And, and that's they they do that with uh, at least with these with these characters. Rachel Wise though, um, Melina, the mum of the family, she's still very heavily involved with the Red Room and all of that. And um, I gotta say, I'm an idiot. So I fully believe uh, the fact that she betrayed the family when that time came, um, not knowing what I was actually watching. Um, and of course, <laughs> she doesn't. So it all comes good. But I was for me though. I was caught up in that. I was like, for sure, they'd got together and they had a plan that we'd not been privy to, 
I didn't know. I, mean, because, yeah, I didn't know what place. <laughs> well, well, that's right. it. It was obvious that Milena was really going to be helping them because you don't see it happen. But Black Widow has been defeated. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's not going to happen because that's ridiculous. If she was going but to be taken down, you're a smart man than me. Was... If she was going to be taken down, we'd see her get taken down. It would be an epic takedown, multiple attackers. And she'd barely just get taken down. But no, it happens off camera. If it happens off camera, it doesn't happen. And it turns out it didn't. It was a fake out. And they swap places with each other. I mean, you're 100% right. Like, <laughs> and it was a great way. I was just so it was distracted a, by... It was a great way Florence to... Pugh and David Harbour doing their thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, that was entertaining. It was a great way, right, for the most part. So we got... So the film opens, when we first get Scarlett Johansson, she is in civilian clothing. Then she gets the white widow outfit, which is very cool. It's in a lot of the, um, the posters. But then it was a good way of switching it up and getting her in the classic black outfit. That's a good point, yeah. And it was a good way of doing it because sometimes in films... I don't know. Why would, like, she, why would she wear Robin? Remember Batman and Robin when they swap <laughs> costumes in the third act and they get the snow versions of the bat suits? Makes yeah. no sense. Why? Well, I mean, they're going up against ice, so it makes sense. But um, <laughs> they go away and do a wardrobe change. It doesn't make sense, but they found a way in this movie. She does a wardrobe change, but there's a reason for it happening. It, it, it really, yeah, it she, really works for me. When everything's going down, she happens to be wearing that. Um, it's good, but again, like Rachel was again another good addition to oh, the she's cast. Great. She's doing a oh, thing. She's um, so good. Yeah, it's it's all good. Um, I've got to say, if there is a downside, if there's a major downside to this movie, and uh, again, tell me if uh, you disagree. But the villains of this movie, <laughs> mate, just let's just say it. Let, can, can we just let let's get it out of the way? Right. They're just they're just not let's, great. All right, mate. <laughs> one of us needs to say Taskmaster. For me, that's I'm I'm there for this movie. I'm watching it. I'm really enjoying it. And when we get the character reveal, when we find out who is really behind Taskmaster, who it is under the mask, hated it. A friend of mine made a comparison to the portrayal of Deadpool in X Men Origins Wolverine. And he's, he's not far right. away. Like, it's really not. I mean, Taskmaster yeah. is a Look, really I, cool yeah. character in his own right, in his comics. Like, he's a guy and he has this ability where he can mimic any fighting style. And it's really cool. He should have been telling in the, like, the promos. Like, and even look at the character posters. Like, they had all the characters. You'd have the, let's say, you see that Scarlett Johansson, and it'd have her name on the poster. And she's got Black Widow doing a pose. And then you've got the Taskmaster character poster, no actor. And they purposely kept it secret. But then when you find out the MCU version of Taskmaster is really Dracoff's daughter, I'm like, no, no. Hate it. You know what, like... It's going to affect my rating, I've got to be honest. Disliked it with a passion. Yeah. I mean, I... As a reveal and what they were doing, you know, they had kind of set up the fact that it, it was an interesting story idea to have Natasha probably have to confront the fact that, oh, this was a, a girl. She basically tried to 
assassinate and thought that she had in order to get to this to get to her father and now she's this character that's been sort of pretty much in a way hunting her down well not directly but anyway i didn't mind the reveal and like the fact that they put a spin on it i'm like whatever fine Mm. but as an actual reveal i just didn't care like, I'm surprised, like, I'm surprised I'm like, by I, that, I, to be honest. I, I, it, it really, I, it really, it coloured the film in a different way for me. Like, again, like, I was on board with everything. And it didn't, like, that reveal didn't ruin the film for me. But it was hmm. the thing where I was along from the ride. I was enjoying it. I was really, I was really there for it. And it's just disappointing that they've done it now. They've done taskmaster like you know in the comics is a formidable character you know he can go up against them it was interesting yeah, even you probably noticed a bit where he does the classic wolverine pose that was interesting and at one point he does a mm. black panther or he see i know him as a bloke but it's a she she does <laughs> a so yeah i don't know with the power set of like obviously mimicking besides doing a couple poses I feel like they didn't do anything with that to make it relevant or like it might, it might as well have just been a robot that was really strong and good at fighting. That's my because thing. Because the fact well, that, that the fact that he like see through a shield. Yeah. The fact that, you know, okay, he can shoot a bow and arrow. He can throw a shield. He can, you know, do the Wakanda Forever pose. You can, you know... You know, you somebody... Do, do the same pose. Somebody... Um, Who cares? Like, I can throw yeah. a frisbee. Yeah. I can shoot an arrow. Like, you wouldn't know it unless they had told you. Somebody really, made, they somebody made an observation online that we're at the point now where characters in the MCU are watching MCU movies. So you've got Taskmaster watching <laughs> footage of the Avengers... Look at Loki, the the first episode. Loki yeah, is sure. watching the events of previous MCU movies. Like, like he's watching what footage, happened to his mother. And the footage is like filmed really well, shot. as if it was directed yes. by Joss Whedon. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all there. But I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, that's clearly not what's happening. But yeah, we've reached a point now. After yeah. so many movies, they are also watching Marvel movies. But, but yeah, look with with Taskmaster. I mean, I get where you're coming from, and, and I understand that you. Ha- I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I just felt like it was okay, whatever. I just really didn't care. I feel like this is a nothing twist. This is okay. a nothing. Re- on one nothing hand, re- I do hate it. I really do. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't want to keep just banging on about it, but I just want to make it known I dislike that. But on the other hand, the whole thing with Natasha and the like, what she's had to live with all these years, is that. To fully defect and join S.H.I.E.L.D., she murdered Drakoff and his daughter. And killing a child has haunted her. And then in this yeah, film, yeah. so that reveal, it's like even though she's a prisoner in her own body and she's finally free of her father and the other widows whisk her away to safety at the end, she's still been a victim her whole life. But it does change things because Natasha didn't kill her. Yeah, talking about she's talking about wiping something I mean, off your ledger. Yes. It's 
illegit- I mean, it's still on there that she deformed that 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 girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and but, again, um, like she, you know, her dad made her a prisoner and turned her into a weapon. Yeah, but true. Natasha didn't kill her. That's true. But speaking of speaking of the father, Drakov. I mean, Ray Winstone. Yes. Here, look, I gotta say, I gotta say, starting with a positive. The scenes, like you know, in the off in the in his office, where you know it's it's just one on one, and he's he's quite a dominating um, you know presence, you know, very kingpin like. I, I mean, I, I was into Winston, it, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he like it was well. good performance. Yeah, he was doing it well. But again, he by the end of it, he was just a generic, over egotistical, yeah, bad guy who was too confident and missed something that the the hero got the upper hand it gets it gets very that. cartoony we've, it gets very cartoony because he's like ha 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 i've got pheromones that stops you from attacking me na, 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 na. and then she hits him and she's like she's you know she's dislocated a septum or she's done something so she can't actually smell quite so violent. It's, quite violent. So yeah, she, no, so she, I mean, she I was. figured again. It, and it, it was, it was like, oh, okay, because she can smell him. He, she can't. Like that's the rule. It was, it was. She can smell him, so therefore she can't hurt him. All right, she's gonna have to destroy her sense of smell. I don't know how she's gonna do it, but she's gonna have to do it. And she did it. She smacked her face. I mean, a violent. I was like, oh, a bit of blood, a bit of blood for for this Marvel film. But um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. It's a weird journey this movie takes us on. Because again, like for the most part, like you know, when we're getting the characters together, you know, the when the family's reunited and tonally, that for the most part, again, it does play like a drama. And then as soon as we're up in the air, which is where the red room has been hiding all these oh. years, the yeah, just floating up in the sky, no big deal. <laughs> and that's where it gets all like all cartoony. That it's more a lot more comic book when we get to that point, and it's like. How can we possibly bring this base down? I'll just stick something in one of the propellers. That'll do it. I mean, it's a massive design flaw. It really is. Like, those engines have got to keep on turning. If they don't, you're going to free fall. <laughs> I mean, I, it just makes no sense. Well, who would design such a giant base with such a stupid you know, design flaw? I've never heard of that in in the history of cinema ever. If you're talking about Star Wars, (laughs) they fixed that with Rogue One and that (laughs) design flaw was intentionally put there. So you can't use that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it only took, what, 30 years or 30, 40 years to get that and make that happen. They they made a two-hour movie to fix that problem. Got to say, though, I mean... Yeah. All right. So the villains, villains were pretty crummy. The palace in the sky, kind of cartoony. But yeah. gotta say, Black Widow, Black Widow, and Taskmaster falling from the sky, bouncing off different bits of debris. You know what? It was good to see some solid gold shit CGI on the screen on the big screen again. <laughs> I, I was, you know, it was fun, man. It was just fun to just see some of that shit go down. It was good. Marvel, you can have that for it the poster. It looked better than it did in the trailer. It looked better than it did in the trailer. Yeah, put like, that oh, on the poster. Over the top action. But, you know, watching it in, in context, I was like, 
this is fun. <laughs> Honestly, even when you've got Sorry. those final fights and you know, you've got mustache twirling Ray Winston, the Taskmaster reveal, amongst all of that, you've still got Florence Pugh. She's still there. She's still very much a presence oh, in the yeah. film. And again, like she, she really... The bright star of this movie. She makes it so even when we've got all the hokey stuff up in the air, you've still got that family dynamic. And it just it holds it together. Yeah. And, and for me, I, I mean, again, like I find it strange to think that that's what I'm more into when talking about a comic book adaption <laughs> where there's explosions and fight scenes. And it's like, no, give that's... me more of that family dynamic. No, that's good writing. That's good characters. And without that, it doesn't matter what special effects, what's, you know, what overall story you've got going on. It doesn't matter if you've got good characters and, and good writing and good dialogue and good, you know, dynamics. The movie can be about anything, even how, even no matter how stupid it is, as long as, yeah, it's, it's where it comes from. And to have the two of them at the very end, you know, like they're laying there and it's like, they're whistling to each other. That's their little thing that they got. It's just like, it's like, this is, it's sweet. It's tender. It's, and it just shows like their relationships come to a good place. They're in a, and yeah. And I mean, if we talk about, you know, obviously, um, you know, Black Widow's death come end game. um, And you're leading up to that. You know, she's talking about her family's been ripped apart. You know, the Avengers are her family. And it's like, this movie shows that, you know, she had, for a short period of time and then for a little bit, you know, like during this movie, like she had another family that she can sort of look back on. So like, you know, there are people in her life. She hasn't been alone. It's, it's good stuff. There's, there's good development overall of her character. And by the end of it, it is, it's a good send off, I guess, to her character. It really anything. As is. much as this movie, yeah. as much as this movie is awkwardly placed Setting wise, you know, like why I are we like where it's placed though. I, I, I like, I do like where, where it's placed, and and it's such a credit to this film where it doesn't feel like it's just been tacked on. It very much feels like you know when Captain Marvel came out and it was a '90s set movie, but it still felt a part of everything, and so does this. It doesn't feel like they've just tried to put like a a square shape in an orange hole. You know, they're not forced it. It feels like, oh, okay, so you could go back and, and review the MCU timeline and this very much would just fit and it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah. I, I feel like, let's say we jump forward five years. I think when we look back on it, and again, this is pure speculation, but I think it might make more sense why this is, why this is positioned, where it, you know, why it's come out you know, after Endgame and stuff like that. And I think it might be more, it's to set up Yelena's character in this new phase. It's almost yes. like, as much as it still very much is Natasha's movie, it's it's like, well, this is where Yelena's story starts. And we didn't really need her in phase one, two, and three. We, we needed her now as she moves into, you know, the next story. And I guess that's our cue to get to the post-credits scene. But I've got to say, before we before we do actually talk specifically about it, I personally found the post-credit scene, uh, I feel like disappointing is a harsh word, but I guess like underwhelming purely because 
and this isn't the movie's fault because this was supposed to come out as you know over a year ago but i know about the hawkeye show i know that Florence Pugh is going to be in the Hawkeye show. We have already been introduced to um, Julia, uh, what's her name? Louis from Seinfeld. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, Julia Louis. We've already been introduced to Julia Louis Dreyfus in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we wouldn't have been if we had watched this movie over a year ago. Right. But, okay. nonetheless, yeah. Hawker, you, I'll let you talk about what do we get in this okay. post-credit scene. I mean, what does it all mean for you? Well, first, though, I, I didn't know. Florence Pugh was in the Hawkeye show. Is that confirmed? I didn't know that was a Mate, we thing. Yeah, we do. Surely that's come up in the news no. that we have we talk about. On nah, I've never races. once. Nah, not to my um, knowledge. So that's good to know. I, know. I mean, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's obviously something yeah. you've heard. It's something that is, <laughs> that is happening. Okay. The post-credit scene features Yelena visiting Natasha's grave. It's the first scene in an MCU film that actually takes place after the Infinity Saga in Phase 4 of the MCU. So it's the furthest point in time in the films that we've gone. But as you say, this would have been the first time we see Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa. I can't remember the rest of her name. She's got a really long name. But that character... I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Oh, Valentina, Valentina Allegra. De Fontaine. Oh, okay, so not Contessa at all. Okay, I got that completely wrong. But the character... Unless there is a Contessa in there. I don't know. <laughs> what you said sounds right. But she's essentially been put forward as like the... I wouldn't say necessarily evil, but the, like the anti-Nick Fury or the Nick Fury type. So she's assembling her yeah. own team. So we were supposed to get... I feel, I feel like... I feel like in her mind, she thinks she's the hero of her stories. So yeah, okay. it doesn't necessarily and, make her and you know evil, what? but... Uh... The best villains do. So I like that. Mm. Yeah, she's trying yeah. to make a positive change, but she's going to make some hard calls. Yes, okay, I like that. Yes, yeah, so she was meant to be introduced yeah, like, it, here, but, but if you look at what she's assembled so far, though, it's, you know, I think it happened. The way that it's happened, I think, is a better way for it to happen. Just to have that crossover between TV and film and for like, the movie-going audience to recognise that, oh, okay, maybe I should pay attention to what's happening on TV. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., after Avengers, hashtag it's all connected, it kind of was for a little bit and then oh, it just shit. went away and all <laughs> the other shows. Yeah. But it was, like I can remember. I think it was season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and there was a couple of episodes dealing with the fallout of Thor the Dark World. So they were tying things in to begin with. But what, what I'm saying is that, so originally we get introduced to the character in this movie and then she show up on TV. I think it's a bigger benefit to, to the MCU having her introduced on point. TV. Then she, and then it's like you bring it, then you're going from the TV to the film and it's going to cross over. It just makes it seem bigger, I think. But if you look at what she's done so far, so she's assembled her own Captain America, and she's now got a Black Widow. So two so far, but it's a really good start. And then, yeah, she's got a first target. Clint Barton, Hawkeye. She shows up in, uh, 
if she shows up in Spider-Man 3, she can uh, recruit her own little Iron Man. <laughs> that was just a Iron Man Jr. dig. Anyway. So. <laughs> Young Peter Parker. We'll get to yeah, that in December. I, we'll find out. What's but I'll admit, not the most thrilling post credit scene. But I liked it. You know, and again, I did like it crossover with TV and... And just feeling for the character of Yelena, like she's gone, through, she's gone a whole life, and everything she's done is has been in service of somebody else. Yeah, and now she's, she's with Natasha, own. and she's like, "Hey, you know, we're sisters," and she's got a family. But we know after Black Widow's passing, she's now working for somebody else. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, on, on, on a positive, I'm, I like that the post credit was set, you know, it caught us up to the present. It was focused on Yelena, as we, as we stated, highlight of the movie. Um, so that's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, like, is she going to be set up as a villainous type character, or is it one more of those questionable, um, you know, I think caught in the wrong situation, caught on the wrong side, and, and I reckon. I reckon that's it. I mean, you get, I just from think, her, you get from her expression that this isn't something she wants to be doing. Just in that post-credit scene yeah. that we get. And I mean, technically what, what Elaine is saying, you know, <laughs> what Valentina is saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she's not wrong. Well, you know, she, Hawkeye is, I guess, in a way responsible for her death. Man, but again, it's like... Not, if, even, not even just responsible for, his, for, for Black Widow's death. When he was Ronan... He was a vicious killer. Yes, he was going after bad guys, but wow. That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, someone should someone should sort him out. Um, but again, like if just this last point, if if this was the first if I'd seen this post credit scene a year ago, it would have been like like, oh what's uh, you know, like oh what what what's Yelena got to do with Hawkeye now? Like what's is she gonna be in that show? Is like, where's that thread going? Who is this? What's Elaine doing in this show? What, who's this <laughs> character? What's going on? Because she doesn't say her full name here, but she says it later on in Unfathom. Yeah, 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 but, you know, true. there would have been more questions. It would have been yeah. more like, what the hell is going on? We know nothing. Yeah. Like, imagine seeing that, that post-credit scene of Nick Fury on that, on, you know, on the ship with, like, the, with the scrolls. But imagine if we know the context already. We wouldn't have all these questions about what the hell is he doing there? What's happening? Mm, yeah. It would be more like, true. oh, yeah, he's there because of, of that. Oh, right, cool. And it's not as exciting, but of course we're excited because we're like, what's going on? We need the questions still, otherwise. So yeah, so this isn't going to happen again. Yeah. Some it, of it's it, going to be fine. Some of it was out of their control scheduling. Like, it's just how course, they not the biggest fault, but um, but I, I mean, it it was a nice little reveal. Because if I'm honest, I wasn't wondering if Julia Louis Dreyfus was going to be in it, but she turned up, and yeah, it was it was good. Like, and and I think just the fact that it's it's the furthest point in time we've spent in the MCU. So that, mm. that's pretty cool in itself. So we, knew, we always knew this movie was going to be a prequel. So the fact that it, it ends with us ahead in time. And I was I into love, the yeah. idea of a Hawkeye TV series anyway, just the idea of having Kate Bishop introduced. But now with the idea we're maybe going to get a Black Widow, Florence Pugh on the small screen. Yes, please. I'm there for that completely. Just give just give her a show. Screw it. Just do it. Whatever. Right. I'm there. I like it. I a like movie. Her a movie. Give her a movie. 
three. Sam Wilson, he's getting Captain America 4. Anthony Mackie is going to be back as Cap on the big screen. So, yeah, no, think bigger. Let's get, I'd be happy to see another Black Widow movie with Yelena. Definitely. All right. Let's, before we think about the future of Black Widow and what's happening there, let's give a rating to this Black Widow movie. 24th entry into the film series. We finally got it two years later. Oh, a year of delays. What are you giving this out of five? Honestly, I walked out of the out of the screening and and I was like, wow. Like, you know, I really enjoyed that. And I was like, I was just riding the wave. I was like, wow, that was so good. But then I remembered Taskmaster. And it clearly affected me more than, than it affected you. And outside of that... Again, like, I just didn't care. It was more like I just didn't care. Outside of that, you've got, you know, a moustache twirling villain. You know, you're talking about the, the effects in that third act. He does get a bit choppy with the CGI. But I'm always going back to that family dynamic and how much I enjoyed that. Scott Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz. I I loved all of that. But Taskmaster, it really does chop my rating down a little bit. I'm going to come in at a four out of five. I had a really good time with this movie. And I'm pretty keen to watch it again, if I'm honest. But Taskmaster was the reason why it came down to a four for me. <laughs> no, no, completely fair. Um, look, like I said, that, that first um, uh, that first half an hour, whatever, whatever it was, I was really worried. I was like, I'm just, I'm not feeling this. I'm not into this movie. But as soon as we got Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh just, just having banter between the two of them, just, I think it was the poser thing. Look at all these pockets and put so mm. many things. I just loved it. I was just like, yeah. I am in love with this character. I am on board. This is happening. Um, from then on, it was quite an enjoyable ride. And again, the highlight is not just Florence Pugh's character, but the the dynamic, the, the family dynamics. Like it's it it really, really works. All those characters, all those interactions, all the little elements there. The downside is the villains of this movie. And again, I just didn't care. And if you don't care about the villains or the twists and the reels then it's like obviously we haven't got interesting villains and whatever like that's yeah it's a shame um but overall you know like had a good time this isn't top tier mcu it's it's fine it's not it's not really bad or anything it's just it's just not up there um i'm going to come in slightly lower than you 3.5 out of 5 for it Oh, I've got, I've got stuff. I have to. I continue to talk after this. All right, a bit of a, a bit of trivia before we, before we wrap up. Um, at a certain point in the movie, I think it's during the, I think it's right before the American Pie sort of singing moment, um, the second time. Yelena mistakenly calls um, Red Guardian, refers to him as Crimson Dynamo. Now, I just wanted to... I thought this was interesting. So Crimson Dynamo is the name of several fictional characters appearing in Marvel Comics who have all been powered, armour-wearing Russian or Soviet agents who have clashed with the superhero Iron Man. Um, Very much to the extent that 
in Iron Man 2, Mickey Rourke portrays Ivan Antonvich Vanko, who is, is actually an original character, but he's based on both the characters of Whiplash and, uh, and a Crimson Dynamo type. So we've kind of, yeah, sort of a hint at, a, I guess, a, a second Crimson Dynamo. I just thought it was interesting, just name-dropping the Crimson Dynamo name. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the 90s Iron Man cartoon? Uh, I, I mean, I know of it, but um, I didn't really watch it. Oh, I was I was watching all of those. I mean, obviously the big ones were X Men and Spider Man in the nineties, but we yeah. also had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four. But with the yeah, with the Iron Man cartoon, Crimson Dynamo, that was a character I very much knew from from that show. You know, I think that interpretation was the Yuri Petrovich incarnation, right? Of Crimson Dynamo, you know, yeah. there's there's some comics where and it's a bit weird because if you think in context of this movie, there's some comics where Natasha and Alexi were romantically involved. Very much a different interpretation <laughs> of what we get in this movie, but <laughs> they were of similar age, and actually, I think at one point maybe they were married, but in the comics they were very much in a loving relationship. Natasha hey. and Alexi. Family. Keep family close. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not that close. <laughs> no, too close? Too close. Ah, you know, obviously different different dynamics set up in different stories. But that's yeah, that is that is kind of weird. I thought um, you were gonna say something on the lines of different strokes for different folks. But yeah, I like what you said better. <laughs> uh, there's no coming back from that so um that's it i guess for our oh, right. black widow okay please please go subscribe and download this podcast on soundcloud and apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review it helps listeners just like you find the podcast i took it to a weird place i apologize we are on social media you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram as that films you podcast and we also have our companion shows Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All their episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. Keep an eye out for our next review, Space Jam, A New Legacy. It's happening, isn't it? We've just taught Black Widow. We've got Space Jam coming. We've got big films again. It's exciting. It, yes, it is. It is. We are going to the cinemas and we're watching things. It's great. But you've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film, Stu. We'll see you soon. <laughs>